Why is Estrid bald? She's into kung fu, and kung fu chicks are bald. Really? I assume so. She's like from, where's she from? Theros? Probably Crappy Gawa. Are they bald in Kamigawa? Everybody's bald in Kamigawa. And Tarkir. Everybody's bald. Everybody has hair. No, they got that weird orc haircut. Like, where half their head's shaved. I guess I have that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 71. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan and Dibber. We're going to intro our new arc and give away some sweet cards and talk about the deck building process. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We're off on a brand new, the aforementioned, whirlwind adventure as we begin a new arc as we journey through the realms of EDH and Magic the Gathering. Ooh, very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we've had lots of uptake on our supplemental giveaway for, it's not really for an arc, it's just because we have some stuff and like to share the love. Uh, so we got lots going on this 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 episode. Yes, giveaway for 500. We're not quite at 500 followers on Facebook, but we for sure are at 400 on Twitter at 300. Let's call them followers just to make it easy on you 300. Let's call it followers on YouTube. 300 of them built the packages. Really nostalgic going through the history of my collection. I posted a picture on Twitter of the before and after. Like all of my, not quite all, but let's call it all of my magic collection sitting on the floor of my office in boxes and thing and all over the place. And then boiled down to what I think is three really good packages. 500 cards, 400 cards, 300 cards, token packages in all of them. And really fun, actually. Took a long ass time. Yeah, I, I'm like not even giving them away for a giveaway. I remember this was years ago when I did it, but the first time I did the big purge, like you get rid of all your, you know, you get 12 of this, 14 of that. So you just, I just threw them all in shopping bags and I took them out to FNM for a couple of weeks and asked if anybody wanted them and people would pick through them and bring them back and pick through them and bring them back. Some guy added a whole bunch of cards to them one time. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And then no. eventually, and then one time we tried to have a bonfire with them. Pro tip, kids, magic cards are not flammable, so that's kind of neat. And another time I gave them all to Joel, and then one time I think I actually just recycled them all. No way. Yeah, in the purges over the the decades I've been playing magic. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, uh, I think 19 years for me. It's a long time. Yeah. I say 19, but from like 2000 and I think four or five to about 2007, there wasn't a whole ton of magic playing in there. What was happening during that time? What was four to seven? For me? No, like, what was the magic you missed? Was there anything good? I didn't buy any Kamigawa. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, you missed out on so much. And the first set that I started to buy cards from when I came back was Lorwyn Block cards. It's pretty good. It's a good time to come back. Yeah, so I missed Kamigawa, I missed Time Spiral Block, and I missed Ravnica Block, original Ravnica Block. There's a couple of good ones in there. Time Spiral, I just like it, and but, I mean, you got Lorwyn, and those are full of things that are never going to get reprinted ever and are worth a whole bunch of money. Yeah, totally. I got back in and started researching decks and found out that Fairies was, at the time, the best list to play, and tried to do like a budget fairies list because I didn't want to spend $8 trillion because apparently magic got really expensive in those couple years that I was off. 
I didn't want to do shock lands if I wasn't going to be playing standard a whole bunch. I wanted to put shock lands into my deck. Secluded glens were the fairy dual land. Bitter blossom, soar of temptation, Vendillion clique were all like super expensive. They're all still super expensive. Yeah, the <sighs> well, not super expensive, but they're all you, still. Oh, you, money. you know what else was in that deck was Thoughtseize, and I didn't want to pay the Thoughtseize. But you know what? When I came back, the first set to have planeswalkers in them was Lorwyn, and I thought, oh, what are these? I want to da 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 da, right? First planeswalker I bought, can you guess? Tybalt. I got to look. <laughs> Girl, come on. Guess again. Try it one more time. One more time. You'll never guess. Chandra. Foil Jace. Foil. Foil Jace Bellerin was really? the very first planeswalker I ever bought. That's ironic all these years later, hey? I know, right? I don't even know what I did with him. I feel like I either lost him, maybe he was in the big card theft of whatever year the card theft happened. Oh, yeah, the grand card theft. I'm not sure what happened to him. You know what? Looking at the value of the cards that were stolen from your house, it probably was grand card theft. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's too bad. F you, whoever that guy is. You scumbag. Good on you for getting a... Beta Bayou in a foil Rishadan port. And probably throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. Oh, that hurts me a little bit. And everybody who heard that probably died a little bit on the inside, too. Yeah, I die a little bit every day. <laughs> Not because of that, but... Because you're getting older, and that's how life works. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, should we get into it? Yes. Should we start with some social media coordinates in one minute or less? Oh, my God. I like the I like the minute or less thing. Maybe we should keep doing that. Well, we can see what we can do. We are a CCO podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see any list that we've talked about over the course of the show. Not this week, but the deck that we're going to talk about later on in the show will eventually appear there. We are also commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, deck list ideas, future arc ideas, cool magic stories, but no nudes. We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, YouTube, Patreon, Podomatic, where we have usurped the ninnies as they have vacated their throne and F them. Hashtag F the ninnies. You can find us on FlipSideGaming.com where CCOFU promo code will get you 10% off store-wide. Or you can check us out at the official, official home of Commander Cookout podcast, CommanderCookout.com. Yeah, I would go there if you're not into Facebooking and tweeting. Twitting? Tweeting? Twittering? I think it's tweeting. Sure. If you're not into social media-ing, you can go to CommanderCookout.com to get the upcoming giveaway details. Ooh. Yeah, new arc means new giveaway. I love new giveaways. Perfect time for New Arc to start because coming out very shortly is Commander 18 Precons. Yeah. Um, A lot of fanfare around these ones, right? Define fanfare. Where people are all partying in the streets. Oh, yeah! yeah! Dragon Tribal's the best! Yeah! I love wizards! Look at all these broken cards! Look at this value! And you're doing that thing where you're throwing dollar bills all over the hallway. Is there a lot of that going on? I would liken the fanfare to, like, Vancouver when the Canucks got eliminated from the playoffs and there was a riot, but there was that one picture on National Geographic magazine or Time magazine cover or whatever with the riot cops, but in the background there's a couple kissing laying on the street. Uh, you, you know what? If you Google famous 
Vancouver riot kissing picture, you'll find it. That's kind of what these decks are like. Because there's some people that are excited. And I don't want to rag on them too much because new giveaway, we're giving one away. Free, head to our Facebook, Twitter, or CommanderCookout.com to find all of the giveaway details. Precon giveaway. Which one are we giving away, Ryan? I don't know. Which one's the best one? I don't think there is a best one this year. Usually there's that one that really stands kind of head and shoulders that everybody's excited about. There was Dragons, there was Mizzix, there was Duretti. Atraxa. Atraxa. Yeah. Marin. Yeah, Marin was another one. It was just everybody's pumped about that one. You I know what? I yeah. Here's the thing. We're, I don't think that we're going to cover these so exclusively, even in this arc coming up once we let everybody know what it is. But from the sounds of the internet at large and other content creators that I listen to, I think that everybody's kind of the most hard for the Enchantress-style one. That doesn't surprise me at yeah, all. It's Esper, it's got a Merfolk, it's got a Planeswalker that gives cool, uh, like has cool abilities, and it's Enchantress-themed. I think it's, I think it's actually good. Like It feels like it's the one that has the most synergy to me. Definitely. When I was looking through the spoiler, I like to look through the spoiler instead of the deck list, and mm-hmm. then I try and guess what deck all the cards are in. It's a, oh. game, <laughs> it's a game I play. That one was way easier, because all of the cards just in- Enchantments work. or auras yeah. or totem armor type things. Or they have, what is it, bestow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid ability. But... It's good. You could do bestow tribal now. It's incredibly good. It's I think that stupid. people are actually excited about that. So maybe that'll be the one. Maybe it'll be Wind Grace. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to do? We're crazy. Maybe we'll make it random with like an extra couple entries for the Enchantress one. Maybe. Because that's kind of the one I think people want the most. Sure. So more details coming up on that later on. But uh, what are we going to talk about today, Ryan? Well, well, I think kicking off a new arc, we have some splaining to do, if you will, right? You had said that there's some fanfare surrounding it. I said not everybody's super hard on all the lists. You had sent me a text that you thought that there was some glaring omissions from the Lord Wingray's air quotes, Lands Matter deck. And again, I don't want to rag on them because new cards are always good. Precons are always good. It's good to get new people into the game. But what do you think? Glaring omissions, Ryan. Glaring omissions are a thing. And we glaringly omitted to give away we forgot to give away our card packages oh that's right so we should do that then we can talk about the myths and stumbles of the lord wind grace land matters edh deck very good okay so like i said closer to the top of the show we're almost at 500 followers on facebook so we have got a 500 card pack for Let's say new players, learning players, kids, people who are underprivileged, people who might not have local game stores, people who don't have access to the funds to buy cards. We thought that we, as longtime Magic players with big collections, can help people out. We received a whole bunch of really good stories from Twitter and Facebook followers, and I want to highlight a one Mr. Charles A. Freeman on Facebook. He says he's a teacher down in Mississippi. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, CCO Nation in Mississippi. I can almost spell that. Yeah. Started a magic club at his school last year. 
they came up with a scoring system for for games so everybody can like always get points and stuff sounds good they've got 10 or 12 regulars they've taught some high schoolers to play so they can have kind of like older kids included to i don't know maybe mentor or make it look like it's cool yeah well it is cool gaming is like coming back right it's magic it's cool he said receiving card package from cco podcast would really help bring more kids in or keep the kids engaged and a reincurring theme in all of the stories we got was receiving stuff helps you know you can redraft the stuff or you can use it to continually build right and i think because the packages can like they include non-basic lands and they include stuff from the breadth of magic history all the way back to i think the dark and all the way forward i think there's like a couple like three or four dominaria cards so they go all the way everywhere so charles freeman you are the winner of the 500 card pack get after us on facebook or twitter send us a message and we'll send you the cards correct we've got a 400 card giveaway pack from twitter i'm gonna say his name on twitter because i don't know his real name and it's kind of funny at teamer twan teamer twan sounds dirty but i'm sure it's not i'm not gonna google that at teamer twan on twitter (laughs) that was funny (laughs) says that there is a young guy at his church f the church because they're holding this kid down what yeah so they're holding this kid down uh this kid this guy this person's family isn't into like super hardcore card games or or heavier board games other than maybe like monopoly or whatever the standard board game is they'll so, let them play monopoly but they won't let them play magic yeah they let them ruin families well wow, i've been in way more fights over monopoly than magic yeah so at team Twan said he taught this kid to play magic now this kid needs cards because they started playing edh and you know that you need the breadth of all of magic to build edh decks including utility lands Correct. So there's plenty of breadth, plenty of utility lands in the package. At Team Artuan, get at CCO Podcast or CCO Brando on Twitter. Let us know where to send you the stuff. Yeah. Final winner. It was supposed to be a 300-card package for somebody commenting on YouTube, but the YouTube video didn't get any giveaway comments. Worst. He got other comments, but not for the giveaway. So we picked another one off of Twitter that I thought was really good. And the winner of the 300-card pack on Twitter... At WheezyKW. I'm not going to Google that either, just to be safe. Yeah, I don't know what your your real name is, but get at us. He lives in a place called Key West. Sounds like a pie. Yeah, it sounds like it's a pie or it's in Florida. It's probably one or both of those things. Yeah, no local game store in his city, town, Key West, whatever. Oh, rough. So they started a Saturday morning games club at a Starbucks and they took over the Starbucks. Nice. Yeah. So F you hipsters and your coffee getting in the morning, sitting there with your laptops. Now there's gamers in there taking all of your space. Yeah, they're hanging out there with their thick rimmed glasses and their flipping man buns, not writing a novel while they drink their, their coffee. Yeah. Screw you guys. Yeah. So at WheezyKW, get at us. We'll send you the package because you and your gaming club at Starbucks just want a bunch of cards. I wonder if they also have a subway. Every small town here in Saskatchewan has a subway. They have nothing else. They have one horse, three old people, one little kid, and a subway. Yeah, there's like a town kid. There's a subway and or Chinese food restaurant. Oh, yeah. And a bar inside the hotel. 
Yep. That doesn't take um, credit cards or debit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those bastards. I went there the other day putting a roof on my buddy's house, and we went to go get beers after. No off sale. Like, you couldn't just go in and buy a case of beer. You had to sit down to drink beer there, and they only took cash. What the hell? Anyways, those are our winners, and we've got a little bit more housekeeping with some shout-outs. Oh, yeah, shout-outs. Hey, yeah, no, these are the these are the important things. Shout-out. See Ham Bye. New patron. Or we call him See Ham Bye. Yeah. See Ham Bye. Ka-ching! Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, that's just his real name with a dollar sign after it. Yeah, but we put the different emphasis on the different syllable, and now he's a grocery list. Very excellent. Next shout out Sebastian Blackwell, new patron. How about Sabo Blackcock? I'm not going to Google that. Nope. I don't nope. know if having a black cock is good or bad. Indifferent? If it gets bigger every time you go to a swamp, I think you either need to get that checked or. Yeah. You just get it checked. Okay. Yeah. Next shout out. All right. James Forrester. Jimmy Foreskin. What is with the cock jokes? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just they're just happening. It's, it's... Okay. I told James for Jimmy Foreskin? Yeah. I told him that he was going to get a nickname when he when he messaged me and he's like, "How did you come up with nicknames?" I said, "Man, mostly we just say shit until something sticks." <laughs> Uh, I guess it's Jimmy for... <clears throat> Next shout-out. Who's this one? Steven Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. Huh. Um, no, that's... Just yep. Johnson. There it is. Steven Johnson, actually of Commander Numerations on GatheringMagic.com. Cool. Wrote an article that I was in the other day. Oh, neat. I, I did an altar for him, and he wrote an article about it. Well, that's badass. Yeah, so I, I put the link on Twitter, but I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And everybody, check that out. Read his article series on Gathering Magic. And check out his blog. He links to it in the article. Also cool. Very sweet. So shout out to all you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Because we're kind of circling back around, I guess, to where we kind of got off on our little tangent after glaring omissions. Let's talk about some glaring omissions from the C18 decks. Specifically Wind Grace, because that leads into the next arc, which I know we haven't really unveiled yet, but we did a Lord Wind Grace deck a few weeks ago. And we did it way better than Watsy did, obviously. I think, well, they're Watsy. They have the opportunity to, to blaze the trail and make it the best because they can just print new cards to make it better. And then they didn't do it as good as we did. Uh, yeah. They had the opportunity to do literally anything they wanted, and they... They, they bungled it. Let's talk about emissions. Okay. So, so it's a Lands Matters deck. Yes. And we were just talking a little bit off air. There's no lands that matter. Yeah. And here's the concession that we have to make as consumers of this product is we know that they can't just stick in, name your... We, they can't put a uh, tabernacle in there. They can't... <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be good? They can't put a Gaia's Cradle in there. They can't put... Maybe even an Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth in there, because it's like 30 bucks. They can't put a Dark Depths Thespian Stage combo in there, because then one deck is worth astronomically more money. If only they had other cards that were worth money that fit in the other decks. To go on other decks, I agree. So what if they do, you know, 
maybe a baseline of one or two dollar cards like are in there right blah 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 whatever then you put a 10 or 15 card in there and then you put a 20 or 25 dollar card in there like they did in you know commander 16 and 17 all the decks were worth a hundred dollars and like monetary value a hundred dollars you didn't pay a hundred dollars for them except for attracts a few attracts a year ago we were all talking about how commander is like the the value set you never buy commander and end up losing money and this year you do you kind of do and i think it and i mean we're not card designers deck designers we don't work for watsi anything of that sort but what if in the lands matter deck they did put an urborg in there or what did i say when before we hit recording lands oracle of moldaya 35 dollars. okay then what goes in the other decks well there's an enchantress deck what if you did something like a replenish maybe too expensive but an opalescence turns all your enchantments into creatures that's a 25 dollar card you can put an enchanted evening it's worth nothing but it still goes in the deck well, we're talking about things that are worth something, yeah, right? To, to make all the decks balanced from a monetary perspective. What if you did Sensei's Divining Top in the top of the Library Matters deck? To go along with all those miracles that are in there. Yeah, that, that aren't in there. That was sarcasm. Yeah, that was I, my I got that sarcasm. I don't do sarcasm, but I got that one. <laughs> right? And then what if in the artifact deck like there's no Kirk clan ironworks and that card has been steadily climbing and climbing especially since it's like a real deck in modern now that card is expensive and 100% goes in the artifact deck could they do a metal worker or something in there too maybe oh maybe a little bit too expensive you you run into the we're going to jam it each deck with like a 60 or 70 dollar card and then all the stores sell the product for 100 dollars like from the vaults oh yeah right so I wouldn't be opposed. I traded my metal worker away years ago. If a metal worker was in the deck and stores were still charging $50 per deck, 100% buy it. If I could get a second copy of Replenish in another deck, 100% buy it. If I could get a, like an Azusa and an Oracle of Moldiah in the lands deck or a Dark Depths, I don't even own a Dark Depths. Dang. 100% buy it, right? I'm not sure I'm going to buy these. And that's sad because you've bought all of them forever. Granted, we are giving one away. So we have to buy at least one. I think I'll probably buy all of them. Yeah. For, right? for the record, and I'm sorry to everybody out there who's listening to this, the, the lack of value in these sets is 100% my fault because I pre ordered this year but without seeing the whole list. And oh, so I'm assuming it's. You're just, the bastard. Yeah, that's the curse. I'm sorry, guys. This is, this is my bad. I'll own this one. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what I think we, we might run into is we're going to find that either the Enchantress deck or the, what's her name, Animatu or the Esper Planeswalker, whatever. Something's going to be really good. And one of the decks is going to be really good. There's always that one where you go to, I, don't, I see when I go to Walmart and stuff, you can always buy cats from last year. You can always buy wizards. You can always yeah, get that's right. the one that isn't dragons. But you that sure as hell can't buy dragons. You sure as no. hell can't buy Atraxa. And then it, what do they put in Commander Anthology? They put Kalia. That's the one you couldn't buy. They put Atraxa. That's the one you couldn't buy. They put Marin. That's the one you couldn't buy. So there is going to be one of those. That's probably the one that we're going to give away, hey? Here's hoping. Yeah. Yeah, if we can find one. So we talked about Wind Grace. We did them. The glaring omission I wanted to mention, and this isn't a value thing. This isn't a anything. Runa Map Excavator. Oh, yeah. There is no earthly reason 
why that card should not be in that deck. It costs a buck and a half. It's a lands matter thing. It works super good with the the title card, and it's not there. And it's an EDH staple. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It's not going to sell decks, but it should be in there. It's not Oracle of Maldaya. I'll give you that. It's not Crucible of World. They just reprinted that. So give us something. And they didn't. And that's how I know they're not listening to us. But last week you said that they were. No, a, la- a mole was listening to us. Yeah, that's just a mole. God dang mole. And that's why that guy was wearing mismatched socks, as I wear mismatched socks. <gasps> Actually, Richard Garfield wears mismatched socks. That's what that was about. They stole it from me. <laughs> are, are, what are we going to Are we going to build Wind Grace? Are we going to rebuild Wind Grace to, to our liking? Hell no. Everybody's doing that. But what we are going to do is we're going to go back over the history of the Commander products... We're going to pick some of the ones that may not have got the love that they deserved, and we're going to see if we can do a better job than Watsy. Yeah, I think everybody is super covering all of the C18 stuff, rebuilding, breaking it down. We want to do something a little bit different, put something fresh in your ear, so maybe we go back and look at who can wear it better, as it were. Ooh. Yeah, you, you go through Us Weekly or tabloid magazines or whatever, and you see two celebrities both wearing the same dress, and one's kind of like real ugly, and one looks super hot. It's like Oprah and Rihanna. It's like, who wore it better? Ooh. Sorry, Oprah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Watsy is Oprah. We are Rihanna. Exactly. Ah. Arc of who wore it better. Sure. Sure. Working title, but yeah, let's go <laughs> yeah, with it. Okay. It's a working title that'll probably stick forever, but <laughs> yes. um, I guess the question is, how are we going to do that? We've got Commander 11, nothing in 12, because they did end, no, um, Arsenal, but then we got 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, because maybe we won't do 18. That's, that's like six years of Commander products. We're going to maybe pick one from each year and give it a tweak. Right, and of course, like the 2011 stuff is going to feel pretty outdated, and lots of those have pretty established builds. Like I'm thinking about Animar. There is yeah. like a list. Kalia, there is a certain amount of things that have to go into that deck that everybody knows about, right? Yeah, yeah. You, we're not going to touch those ones. Yeah, though. maybe, but maybe like, and Prosh, he's a thing too, right? <laughs> but the other ones that aren't those, we're going to do them better. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So if you have anything to say about Arc of Who Done It Better. Or if you have an arc that you would like to see, or an arc, a deck that you want to see us do better, get at us on social media. Oh, we'll, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. If you want to see what we would do with Obnixilis, the Black Planeswalker guy, oh, what yeah. would Brandon and Ryan do with that? Maybe we will. Very good. Yeah. So h- how do we actually do it right now? We've been talking last arc on, we did like two kind of stacks lists, and I don't want to beat the stacks thing to death, but... You recently took some decks apart, and so did I, for the same reasons. And for additional reasons, but the reason that was consistent between our two decks is to get cards to make a new deck or decks with. What did you take apart? I took apart... What did I do? I took apart Snakes. Now, that one wasn't necessarily for cards, apart from pimping purposes. That one was because Nagas are a thing. Speaking of Rudimap Excavator, oh, yeah. it's because they printed all of those sweet snakes. There's Vizier of the Menagerie. There's everything in Amonkit, all these really great cards, but they're Nagas instead of snakes. And all of the snakes are from Kamigawa or their terrible draft chaff. So it's just underpowered now. 
the way to make the deck better is to take the snakes out and put in just better green stuff. So, took it apart. There's a few things I got out of there. I got a foil Kamal. That was a super foiled, pimped out deck. So lots of my decks are a Kamal lot shinier Fister? now. Correct. Oh yeah, I like that guy in foil. Uh, from like M or from tenth edition or from like onslaught. Onslaught. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Old border for life. F you, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I don't mess around. Uh, I also took apart Queen Marchesa, Lord of Death Touch. Now that one, there's lots of Staxi cards kind of in there with lots of Death Touch, lots of Sacrifice, lots of Get My Garbage Ooh, Back okay. from the Graveyard stuff. Okay, that could be stuff. the start of where we're we're starting to see some crossover into into how we're going to build this this who wore better deck. Correct. Or decks, I should say. Okay, well, I, I took about my Traxos deck, all artifacts. I wanted the, I think, Planar Bridge. I didn't want to go and buy one, F that. And I didn't really <laughs> like the deck because it was kind of janky just like equip for free artifacts and try and one-shot somebody. That's fine. Lots of recursion with junk divers and mirror retrievers and stuff. So it was cool, but I wanted the planar bridge for Dragon Tribal because why not? Because why not, of Yeah, course. exactly. Who wants to pay eight for a dragon when I can pay eight for a dragon from my library? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how that works. So we take decks apart. We build new decks. Where are the cards that you freed up from your... Death Touch Stacks deck and your Green Snake deck ending up. I think in the deck that you asked CCO Nation about on Facebook, this green controly Stacks build that you were thinking about. I've actually been working really, really hard on that deck, which is weird because usually I kind of just, it sort of forms itself in my brain and then I go build it. Whereas this one, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. A little bit outside of your wheelhouse, if yeah. you will. And I have lots of help coming in from all you guys. Thank you guys very much. CCO Brando on Twitter if you have any suggestions. So what, right now I have... It's not a monstrous stack, but if you include all the stuff in the shopping cart online, uh, it's a pretty substantial stack of cards. I'm kind of weeding through, finding the stacksy stuff, and I hit a little bit of a roadblock in that I don't think I'm getting the value that I need out of mono green. So what I did was I took Goreclaw and I put him a place where, or she, I put her in a place where she can do more damage, which is in Grimlock Dinosaurs, because what's better than a six-six dinosaur for five? Six six dinosaur for three. Very excellent. Yeah. So anyway, so now I'm like, well, if I don't have Goreclaw anymore, I can remove the power four or greater creature theme and focus more in on my stacks build. Yeah, value, recursion, um putting your opponents off their game. Yeah. And for me, maybe green it has some of that recursion, but it doesn't have that use the recursion to throw the opponents off the game plan like I think I want to do. So I thought I would add small b black to so my capital G green deck. Yeah, big G, small b. Yes. No X. No X. Like no other color. No, I don't want to spread it out too much, A, because I don't have the capacity currently to build a really solid three-color mana base. Uh-huh. That's one thing. Because money. Yeah, because money is a thing that I don't have a whole lot of. So I figured I could add in some black cards that I already have, and then I could do stuff that tears apart my opponent's hand, and I'd have a lot more easy recursion. So while I'm sacking all kinds of stuff, I can bring my opponents down with me and have more avenues to sack stuff. Okay, well, before we go on to uh, physically how you do that, you said tear your opponent's hands apart. Like, opponent hand apart or opponents hands how do you do multiple opponents because discard is 
traditionally not very good in Commander. What are you thinking there specifically? I'm thinking stuff like Bottomless Pit. Uh, it's an enchantment, black, black, one. During each player's upkeep, that player discards a card at random. Each player. Each player. And you would break symmetry by having recursion in your deck? Yes. Or by having things that you want in your graveyard, and opponents probably don't all have that at the same time, like you would always want to have in your deck. Exactly, and this is just an aside that I just thought of now. Oh! When I play green-black, what does that mean, Ryan? You can play dredge. You're goddamn right that means I can play dredge. Oh, dang. I dredged myself to death last week, didn't I? (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mind I don't mind that idea for sure. You want dredge guys in your graveyard. Let's take a step back here and get get behind your curtain a little bit more. Uh that sounded way dirtier than I thought it was going to. Getting yeah. behind Brando's curtain. Yeah, I'm not wearing a kilt. Good thing. Yes. For this arc, arc of what do we call it? Arc of Who Done It Better? Who, who wore it better? Who wore it better? We want to make sure that we are giving some insight in our deck building process to the newer members of CCO Nation. We want to make sure that we're conveying in such a way that we want to make sure that if we're tearing a deck apart like a pre-con or any of our regular decks like you just talked about, that newer players can understand how to put stuff back together in a, a cohesive strategy. So when you do that, you rip all the cards out, you put them back into whatever colored section of your box or binder they go in, uh, and let's say you're starting from scratch and you know that you want to play some kind of control-y, stacks-y build. You pull out all these cards that you think fit, and you said that you had a big stack. 120 cards, 100 cards, is that how you do it? Yep. Or do you pull them out of your box until you hit like 60 cards and you add 40 land? I did that once, just as an experiment, and I sleeved it and played it, and it's awful. Yeah. It is terrible. I actually still have that deck put together, and I've just been slowly trying to make it playable and, as we go and along. that's a strategy that's that's a way that people can do that essentially when you buy a pre-con they're not terrible that's they're, what you're doing though they're, they're cohesive but you play with it a couple times until you're familiar with enough enough of the deck to say i want to take this out this is better i want to take this out it's better also if you're going to tear something apart you really need to have played it a couple of times so that you know the core you so you're not just let's use wind grace as an example so you're not just taking the Wind Grace card and then building a 99 card deck underneath him. That's like, that's maybe advanced deck building, right? Yeah, like, where, where just for the purposes of this conversation, maybe we're talking about deck building one-on-one. Yeah, like if we're retooling, rehashing, revamping, realigning, you need to find that core and then take all the crap off of the core and then you bulk it back up with better things. Yeah. Like in my case, I'm playing... I I think that is the case when you build a deck from scratch as well. You want to be able to play it. Like if you're an advanced deck builder and you put something together that you think is going to work really well, you're going to play it three or four times before you realize, oh, this one or two cards isn't actually what I need. And you still are going to do that, except you're not going to do it 20 cards at a time at an advanced level you're going to do it one or two at a time, right? And that could even just mean switch out, you know, this swamp for this forest. Something as simple as that. Exactly. And, like, cores and, and things, let's just say, stacks, black-green deck I want to build. Holy crap, I can play dredge. So as soon as you have that kind of core, I want to build my deck around graveyard dredge. That immediately includes 13-ish cards that have the word dredge on them. 
So those go in the pile, not in the auto-include pile, but they're there. Yeah. And so now you have your core. You're building a stack stack. So what do you pull out? You pull out stacks. You pull out your bottomless pitch. You pull out... Your static orb and your tangle wire. And your winter orb. And now you've got say 30 cards and then you got to build around those and you got to find ways to eke out your value and eke out your wins and make it a deck that you can a understand and b pilot to a win yeah and for those specific orbs don't forget your clock of omens it lets you tap two artifacts to untap another artifact and those stacks things you can tap them to turn them off right so you tap them with Clock of Omens to untap your mana rocks to activate abilities, and you would play activated abilities because your other rocks, like like Trinisphere or whatever, make stuff more expensive, right? So you have activated abilities so you don't have to pay more because of your own orbs and spheres. You activate an ability by untapping a mana rock by tapping things to shut them off. It's really, really grindy and uh, makes it a little bit hard to play. But don't forget your clock omens, kids. Why the hell wasn't that in Commander 2018? Yeah, and they're like 50 cents. Yeah, that would definitely go in the Sahili deck, hey? Yeah. Maybe it's too grindy or maybe it's too combo-y. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to put cards like that in. But it's modern. Like, that's a M13 card. It's not like it's that long ago. Meh. Meh. Who Whatever. knows what, who knows what they're thinking? We're talking about deck building. You had talked about the 13 cards that you want to run with stacks on it. And they range in converted mana cost from zero, like on Dakmore Salvage, to land, all the way up to, I think, Golgari Grave Trolls, like five or six? There's got to be dredge cards that that cost more. There are, but they're they're the ones that you don't play. Oh, okay. Like, so, there's that stupid beetle, I think. I don't even know what it does, but it dredges three. Okay, so you put your dredge cards, you, the core of your... this value recursion stacks deck you get your dredge cards converted mana cost from zero up to five or six and you lay them out converted mana cost left to right zero one two three four five six and you build around there making sure you have a curve or lots of spells in the one two three category and then taper off to four five six is that a, a good way to do it depends what you're doing okay for our specific arc we've got a precon, uh, the 2013 whatever precon, and we lay that deck out all the spells from zero, one, two, three, four, five, six plus converted mana cost, and we see you know there's three or four at one, five or six at two, fourteen three drops, fourteen four drops, you know five or six five drops, one or two six plus drops, right, and and that kind of looks like the 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 bar graph mana curve thing that you see on tapped out. And you make cuts based on, you know, not wanting six drops. Or you add in one drops or mana dorks to speed it up. And you cut some of the four drop ramp like your explosive vegetation. Is that how you do it? That is not how I do it, actually. Okay. I build, when I get to that portion, I do have everything all lined up and stuff by mana cost and color and all that stuff. But what I do when I hit that point is I build specifically for our meta. I think okay this is a game this is a deck that i'll play when there's five of us one of those people will be ryan he'll probably play this one of those people will most likely be jj oh, or so smitty your metagame you're so, going back to that advanced deck building yeah, stuff 
What's Ryan going to play in that big five-player game? What kind of decks am I going to see? Am I going to... Do I have to worry about combo that's super fast? Not really. So I can afford to go a little bit top-heavy. Now, when you're going to build to play against randos, you don't want to do that. You yeah. want to think about your five, six drops. You don't want to have too many. But when you're playing in a kind of a slower, casual thing, gauge your meta. Gauge where you're playing. If you're playing yeah, with your I, friends... Yeah, I think that's a good point. If you know you're, you're playing in those five- and six-player games against people that you know their decks, you can go a little bit top-heavy if you're playing against randoms at your LGS. You would maybe want to make the five- and six-drops your finishers and be very selective with them, and um, you'd have a lot more interaction to put other people off their game uh, yeah. in the early game. Yeah, like For us, like when I build to play in the metagame, I just make sure that I have one or two wrecking balls that I can just hit the table with and win. Just out of nowhere, here it comes, bang, y'all lose. As like a supplemental way to win. Exactly. That's the jack-in-the-box principle that we talked about before, where I have some or, little or secret... Or, or, yeah. or just the deck-building 101 principle we talk about. Play your utility lands, have a backup win condition. Have a multiple paths to victory. Multiple very, paths to victory. That's what we say. That's Very what. important. When you go into play against those randoms, you got to make sure that you've got just a cohesive plan going forward, and every turn you got action. There's nothing that feels worse than land go, land go, land artifact go. Nothing. Yeah, that's a thing. Unless your artifact is like, I don't know, something really good. Yeah, and even <laughs> then, like it, it better be damn good. Okay, so we've got a core, dredge. We've got color combination. We've got an idea of what the floor of your bedroom or office or living room looks like. Yes. With cards laid out as per their converted mana cost. Yeah, amongst the dog hair, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, and there's maybe like a hundred of them plus the dredge cards that you've got. Yep. In this particular example i know that you don't have a commander yet i do not so in my notes and we went to edh to look at all the golgari commanders and i immediately hit on this and you immediately hit on the same three that i have in my show notes they are marin of clan neltoth the gitrog monster and glissa the traitor yeah now claren claren of clan claltois <laughs> Marin of Clan Neltoth, four drop, three four. When a creature dies, you get a experience counter. Yep. And at the beginning of each end step, get a creature back from your graveyard to your hand or to the battlefield based on mana cost and yes. experience counters. Yeah, mana cost two experience counters. Yeah. So grindy lets you get lots of cards back into play or into hand. Um, you can get back your caustic caterpillars and your shriek maws and your um, ravenous chupacabras or whatever the hell it's called. Manglehorn. Manglehorn that destroys artifacts. Chupacabra that destroys creatures. Caustic caterpillar that destroys enchantments. And uh, you can make a Marin deck with creatures that destroy things or give you ETB value at one, two, three, four, all the way up to whatever converted mana cost. But. She's also the most common Golgari commander. Yeah, not super CCO, right? No, and she's got experience counters. And even when they're on my side, I hate them. <laughs> and Alex, who's rejoining our playgroup in the next few weeks, already plays her. Yeah, so I kind you, of Alex. I soft eliminated her. Okay. Um, Gitrog the, is the next one. Yeah, that was the top of my list of three. I liked Gitrog, but I wasn't 100% sure. A, because he's a little pricey and I don't have one. He's a 6-6 six, six death touch for five. At the beginning of your upkeep, sack a land or what? Or him. 
And whenever a land goes to your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. And you can play an additional land each turn. Oh, it's like a grocery list of stuff that he does. He's super good. He's like tier 1.5 or he's like fairly competitive, maybe yeah. tier 2. I could see how strong he could be, especially when you're playing him in a deck that plays your Runamap, Runamap Excavator and or your Crucible of Worlds. And you want your Dakmore Salvage to go from your hand to your graveyard so you can mill a card to dredge it back to your hand so you can do it again. It's value. So you can draw even more and more and more cards from Gitrog. It's kind of a lands matters deck. Precisely. There's a little bit less stacksy. And I feel like I'd have to him and Marin, I feel are both kind of build aroundy for what I'm trying to do. Whereas Gitrog is very land intensive and Marin is very creature intensive. And I don't know if I want to go all in on either of those things. Which is the same reason I didn't want to go with Glissa, the third one on the list, because she's very artifact intensive. And it's just I'm 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 committing so much to one thing. And I think that you and I both agree that Gliss is probably the best choice now, A, because I have one. for And for what you're doing yeah, with your Trinospheres, your Static Orbs, your Winter Orbs, because Glissa, not only is she a first-striking Death Toucher... Which three, is insane three three, myself, yeah. Yeah. You have experience playing with Death Touch creatures, and there is a whole ton that have Flash and Death Touch probably fit in the deck just as removal or blockers. Okay, cool. And then Glissa says, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you get an artifact back from your graveyard to your hand. Well, what if you played sack outlets? Okay, so you, you've got creatures, you can sacrifice your whatever, mirror retriever or junk diver, and you have a grave pact. Whenever you have a creature that dies, your opponent eats sack a creature. Three opponents, all sack creatures, trigger Glissa three times. You get back three creatures, sorry, three artifacts, plus you get an artifact back with your Junk Diver, right? And those, all those artifacts that are in your graveyard could have been ones that were also creatures, or they could have been your orbs and your, your spheres or whatever, your stacks cards, your smoke stack. That, that I you, dredged away. That you either dredged away or that you sacrificed for some other kind of gain. Right, and you could have um, your creature sack outlets could be like, of course, Ashnod's altar and Frexian altar to get mana, but also Carnage altar, sacrifice a creature, draw a card for three. Yeah, three. That's important. Sack a creature, draw a card. You mm -hmm. sack that junk diver. Everybody else sacks a creature. You get back four artifacts, including junk diver. Yeah. Right. So lots of grindiness there. Lots of dredge. I mean, we haven't said what dredge is, but essentially, when it's in your graveyard and you would draw a card. You can dredge X and return, dredge X means mill the top X of your library into your graveyard and get the dredge card back into your hand. Recursion there. Then you're putting all your artifacts into your graveyard for Glissa to get them back when you sacrifice a creature. She's low to the ground. She's super grindy. She draws you lots of cards. She probably doesn't need a whole ton of land in the deck so you can pack it Full of those kinds of effects, yeah. right? 34, 35 land? Let me throw another one at you. Okay. And this is another thing, deck building 101. Let's say you have a really cool idea. I really want to play this, whatever it is. You've come across a combo. Let's say that for the first time ever, you've seen Intruder Alarm and Krenko Mob Boss. Ooh. And you just want to put that in a deck. Let, let's highlight that. Enchantment says creatures don't untap. Yep, that's Intruder Alarm. Yep. Whenever a creature enters a battlefield untap all other creatures 
Correct. Cranko says, tap. Put a goblin into play for each goblin you control. So you tap him, goblin comes into play. Untaps Cranko. Untaps Cranko, tap him, put two goblins into play. Untap Cranko. Untap Cranko. Four goblins into play. Untap Cranko. Cranko. Okay, so, so you, you go up to a thousand goblins and swing for the win. Exactly. So that, like, you see that? I really want to. I really want to jam that in a deck. You can't jam it in Cranko because Intruder Alarm is blue. So you got to think of a new way of doing it. The once they opened up to Hammer to build a Golgari deck, now I can finally play Butt Gasp. That's Blood Gasp and Gutter Grime. Blood Gasp is a two-one can't block vampire for black black. If it's in your graveyard, whenever land comes into play, you bring it back. To, to play. play. Yeah, okay. Gutter Grime is whenever a creature, non-token, hits your bin, it gets a counter, and you get an ooze token creature with power and toughness equal to the number of counters on Gutter Grime. So I'm thinking I can just sack the butt gasp over and over and over again, play like six lands in a turn, get him back a whole bunch of times, and end up with a buttload of six six oozes. That's like a super synergy maybe with Gitrog monster dot deck if you were going to play extra land from Gitrog extra land from Oracle of Moldaya, two extra lands from Azusa, extra land from Rite of Flourishing, right? So there's five or six lands per turn to get your Gitrog synergy. Correct. Right? And if they're all fetch lands, you're going to be drawn cards, drawn cards, drawn cards. You sacrifice all those fetch lands, so Gitrog draws you all those cards. And then I run into, am I just am I just playing Omnath, Locus of Rage, and Golgari? Or... And I worry. Or more specifically, are you just playing Gitrog dot deck? Yeah, and I don't want to do. I don't want to play. You don't want to do either of those yeah. things, right? Yeah, I don't want to do either of those two things. So what do you do? What What is a new stacks builder? Because all of my inclinations are just don't build stacks, Brando. Build this other newer, shinier, funner thing. I think the big but, thing is you go out of your comfort zone, and I think that might be a reoccurring theme of arc of who did it better, who wore it better. Is okay. We know that. The Duretti deck from Commander 14 or the 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 Tefri deck from Commander 2014 is a combo control deck or is an Artifacts Matter deck. What else is it? What else can we do with it? Who? How can we make it unique so when you sit down, you can play it out throughout the course of the game. You end up convincing the pod that you're sitting with that, wow, this is unique and interesting and fun and not what I expected. Yeah, that's very gonna... CCO. Yes, that's what we're here for. And that's what we're trying to do. And here we are talking about building a deck that's literally the least fun of any deck you can ever play against in stacks. Ugh. Well, and I mean, we're, we're hitting on the point of Gitrog.deck. Yeah. Because right? that's just a value recursion and combo deck. And it does the same thing every time, right? Whereas a Glissa deck, yeah, sure, there's lots of artifact recursion. But if maybe maybe that's what your, your death touch, low to the ground death touch aggro deck turns into right nobody says you need to build stacks and then it needs to stay stacks right it morphs over time once you get past deck building 101 and you get to more advanced deck building you say oh you know what this trinosphere is really hurting me because everything that i want to play costs less than three and in four or five player edh games we just talked about people kind of top loading their deck with six and seven drops of Trinosphere doesn't actually hurt them, right? So you take the Trinosphere out and you put in, you know, your 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 thirteenth or fourteenth dredge card to get more value out of Glissa. In our play group, pull back the curtain. Trinosphere hurts Ryan. That is all. Yes. Yep. Maybe Evan, but mostly you. 
You're the one that kind of has those opening kind of efficiency things. You have more one and two drops than most people. I think so. And then Evan plays lots of stuff that gets him value crap. Yeah. And there's nothing that feels better than somebody playing a Maelstrom Wanderer into a Trinisphere. Nothing. <laughs> there's nothing that feels <laughs> yeah, better than that. So excellent. Okay, so I think the last question we would have to ask ourselves when we go, when, when, or that I ask myself, maybe you do, I know I will when I'm building decks for Ark of Who Wore It Better, is not necessarily who is the, not necessarily how commander focused I want to be, but how often do I want my commander? How often do I need my commander? All right, I'm thinking about my Lord of Tressorhorn deck. Lots of graveyard value in that deck, like this one specifically when creature dies i don't have enter the battlefield triggers on creatures i have when they die triggers lord of tressorhorn comes into play and says sacrifice two creatures so let's get some value off of that right that all being said i only play lord of tressorhorn maybe maybe two times in a game if he comes down once i want to swing with infect or unblockable and kill somebody with general damage right double strike or infect because he's got 10 power after that, I'm relying on graveyard recursion and just leave the battlefield value to uh, loop creatures in and out of play to kind of dink everybody else to death. In a Glissa deck, I think that you need her. In a Gitrog deck, you need them. In a Marin deck, you need her. Ask yourself that when you're, when you're looking at this green-black stacks deck um, between these three generals. Do you, do you really? I was thinking maybe doing Masaryk too, but like... Whenever you sacrifice, whenever anybody sacrifices something, all your guys get plus one plus one counter, right? Yeah, well, that's a good deck. We did a Mazurk deck on the show a couple months ago. Yeah, and then last good, year, <laughs> good with smokestacks, right? Every turn you sack three, Ooh, sack three things, sack three things, yeah, sack three things. Mazurk token sack, and oh yeah, just make gr- green black sapperling like Necrogenesis Night Soil. Remove cards in graveyards to get sapperlings. Sack sapperlings to smokestacks, all your creatures get giant. And now now we're on the pain train. Yeah, now you have your 2-2 your caustic caterpillar that you got back, or your 1-1 one, one caustic caterpillar that you got back from Marin, because she'll go in that deck. Yeah. Uh, now it's a 14-14. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what you do. <laughs> but it's, it's a thing. It's, 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 it's fun, and I like it. But hard to do. A little bit. I'm I having, think uh, I think good insight though from how you how you think about it and and how your brain jumps from you know Marin to Gitrog to uh, my suggestion Glissa to your maybe third or fourth pick Masaryk. I think it's going to be tempting to go like Freilies was the commander of the mono green 2014 Planeswalker deck, but Titania is like really value kind of the same lines like she goes in the gitrog deck right so i think that we're going to find that over the next four or five weeks that we're going to maybe want to jump from something to something right or if we did end up doing the commander 11 decks uh, let's let's make a fun animar deck oh there are no such things yeah those don't exist right Right? so then you jump to maelstrom wanderer and you're like oh wait there's no fun maelstrom wanderer (laughs) decks either god dang i gotta switch to something else and then you go back to like serac dragon claw we're back to werewolf tribal god damn it yeah and then then and then that's not a c11 deck right i think the take-home message there is restrictions breed creativity and if you've decided to go dredge value green black is that still stacks cco nation let me know can you play Dredge in stacks and still have it be a stacks deck? 
you sound like the biggest piece of shit I've ever known just for saying that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. You know what's funny is I don't think around our table it would end up playing like a stacks deck. No, I don't either. Right? Like I built the Vivictus Asmati, the dire land destruction deck. Everybody calls it. But how many times the last time I played it did I actually destroy land? You're and, the one that called it a land destruction deck. Yeah, but I, I uncalled it that. I uncalled it that. And remember, I had it. Then Smitty stole it. Then he gave it back because I killed his steel card. Then he cloned it. Then he right a replicationed it, like not kicked. So there was at any point in the game two Vivictus Asmati the Dyers. It was insane. Just because he was the most powerful card. He was a 6-6 six, six flyer that destroys shit that you don't like, right? And the things that he didn't like were the things that let everybody else play cards. We almost all got to play Magic that game, but then we didn't. But notably, they weren't always land. Yeah, I offed a few land, but Smitty didn't. I offed Smitty's Vivictus, right? Because yeah. I didn't want him to off mine. Right? So, I mean, does it actually play like a Stax dredge list or does it play like every other Golgari green black graveyard recursion list? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, do I just end up beating wholesale ass with zombies or? Yeah, you end up yeah. just slotting Masaryk in there because you've never played them before. And then all of a sudden your caustic caterpillars are 14 14. And oh, look, I'm playing like big dumb idiot dot green deck and <laughs> yeah. not stacks right oops yeah so i mean i you end up sacrificing all your land to your smokestacks because you don't want to get rid of your caustic caterpillar (laughs) have you ever ever heard anybody say that in real life anybody has anybody ever heard i think i'm gonna sack these five land because i really want to keep my caustic caterpillar up (laughs) i I just can't (laughs) picture it It's, it's ironic because caustic caterpillar actually takes mana to activate his ability yeah, and he's there to die. That's his hey, point. But you know what? If you're playing your if you're playing your clock of omens and your stacks cards and your spheres and orbs, you can untap your mana rocks, right? So I you, suppose you, yeah. you could keep your caustic caterpillar mana up all the time with your clock of omens. <laughs> <laughs> but then we are pieces of crap again. Yes, we are. We you know what we... I still want to do? Last thing before we kind of bookend the show and we go back over our new contest giveaway. I want to do a card of the week. No list, but let's do one. You want to do a card of the week? Yes. What? What's the card of the week, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. It's your deck that we're talking about. Bottomless pit. <laughs> I just talked about playing a dredge stacks deck. Bottomless pit. Okay, let me see if I can get it right. It's from Stronghold. Enchantment. Black, black, one. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player discards a card at random. Yes, sir. And it's like 38 cents. I would be very surprised if it costs 38 cents. It is, in fact, 49 cents. Holy, I was off like 11 American cents or 25 Canadian dollars. Right? (laughs) I did you. (laughs) I did you. Okay, card of the week. Very excellent. Run over our latest giveaway details for a Commander 2018 deck one more time and give us your final thoughts of the day. Okay, new new giveaway. We're going to be giving away a Commander 18 deck at random. We're not sure which one yet. All the details are going to be on Twitter and Facebook and on commandercookout.com. So check that out, and we'll have more details to come on our next episode. Congratulations again to the winners of our three, four, five hundred card giveaway packs. Their names again are, Ryan? Charles A. Freeman. Congratulations. At Teamer Tuan. Good on you, bud. And at... 
Wheezy KW. That's some dope-ass shit. Get at us. Give us your deets. We will send you some cards, and you can use them to promote goodness and magic in the world. So that's kind of the end of our deck-building thought experiment. Talked a little bit more stacks. I promise we won't build a stacks deck during the next arc unless it really, really, really works. Unless somebody needs to get fucking stacks to death. F you, Evan. In which case, we will do it. And Jesse, and JJ, and Smitty. F everybody. Even you. You're going to get Vivixtus to death next week. Is that how it's going? That how it's going down? Yes. Okay. Just the... I'm getting the eye. I'm going to back away from the mic. Hashtag F the ninnies. So we'll be back next week. We're going to have a fun new deck that we kind of spruced up from an old list that Watsy gave to us, and it probably sucks just as bad as some of the C18 lists did with their exclusions and some of the things that probably should have been in there that weren't, and we're going to try and do it a little bit better than they did. And you can let us know what decks you want us to look at by going to commandercookout.com, checking out our social media, get at us there. We'll get a look at that and get a deck built for the next exciting episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!